back again. It's your boy, Amigo Aaron, on another fun-filled and exciting edition. I'm here with a man who goes into ham mode every time he does any public speaking. I give you the Brent. See, you almost had that one. You should have said I went into ham mode every time I made a sandwich. Well, <laughs> it could be both. It's funny we're talking about ham mode this week because... Only a week and a half ago, we spun the wheel. We made the incredible deal. And by incredible, I mean confusing and and brow-furrowing when we spun, bam, Amiga Ham Games. Man, that doesn't blend in up there ham at all. Ham Games. Ham Games, Brent. Please don't point out my shortcomings to Brent. <laughs> you know, when we get a lot of games on the old uh, channel, on the old ARG Presents, usually it's like games with a gun. Games where you walk, <laughs> stuff like that that don't require any actual thought. You just go pick something, you go right. No, no, no not that's this not week true at all. Because we got a we got a gimmick here on ARG presents. We never ever walk into the realm of the amigos unless it's the most complicated, confusing crap you ever saw. And this week is no exception. We look at Amiga ham games. Now, Brian, before I read this sort of uh, uh, generic. What is an Amiga ham game statement here? All what right. is an Amiga ham game, Brent? It, it, you want to try to figure it out? It's a game that's supposed to look all party. Well, that's... <laughs> I'd say they failed, for the most part. Well, I'm just telling you what... The, that so, was, that but, was the goal. I didn't say it worked. We all know the Amiga, the fun-loving Commodore computer, uh, came out in 85, had a good hard run, still running today. Personal favorite of mine, because I'm one of the Amigos. Uh, and so... Uh, you're, we all know what that is, but ham mode? Okay, most people know what ham mode is, right? I'm going to read a little prepared statement here. Ham mode uh, stands for hold and modify. It's a screen mode on the Mika computer that works by uh, by either using one of 16 colors in the palette or by holding the color of the last displayed pixel and then modifying its red, green, or blue component. So what that means is you're literally holding... A pixel on the screen, and you're screwing with the colors, so and it, and it does it quick enough where your human eye didn't pick it up. So what's the end result of that? The end result is that you see like tons of colors. You look like you're looking at a real cool. <laughs> hey, children. Yeah, I mean that's that's right. That's exactly right. So uh, <clears throat> ham mode doesn't display all the colors at the same time. That's the point of this. The colors alternate out of a pound of like four thousand ninety six. It's all very uh, difficult to understand, the brand. Oh, no, I understand it perfect. Okay, well, perfect. So, I don't know. Do you remember who suggested this particular piece? Because that, that, that is one crazy sucker. I'd love to know. You keep talking, and I'll okay, let you know. Okay, so that's fine. Hey, no problem there. So, the ham mode gave, uh, made the Amiga look pretty special back in the day. Because we were, the Amiga was able to display like photo, what you, what would appear to be photorealistic images. Oh yeah, when it just sat there it was right, awesome. On the screen. So when when we when someone asked, hey, the uh, let's do games in ham mode, I didn't know that was even a thing. And so I thought to myself, this bears investigation. The brand. We it's, can thank. Yeah, who are we thanking? Andy Craig. Andy Craig. Why am I not surprised? So hey, well done, Andy. So. I didn't know you could... I, okay, so are there ham mode games where the game just has, like, the intro picture in ham mode? Tons. Oh, yes. We're not talking about those. That's for suckers. These are ham mode games where ham is in the game in some capacity. I mean, it has an active part in the game. 
So these games, none of the games we chose would ha- will have anything like uh, just the intro picture, something like that, or, or you died. So I looked over, I'm like, okay, what games do we have to choose from? <laughs> it turns out not too many. Like six. I'm going to go through them real quick. You got AMR Voxel, which is sort of this unreleased 3D package. Dynamic Debugger, which was a game that was never released. Genetic Species is a game for the retargetable graphics. Kang Fu, Knights of Crystallion, Lynx, Orofight, Overdrive, Pioneer Plague. Those were all real games. And the last one, Zolislav, uh, Hero of the Galaxy, it's a demo. Yeah. All right, so that's it. As far as I could tell, and by the way, I want to give special thanks to the folks over at the uh, English Amiga board, GAB boards, who went into several threads on this that I found very educational. I want to thank uh, the people over at uh, uh, Hall of Light, who actually have a category specifically made for Amiga ham games, so I could check over the list. So this is the official uh, list for the people over at the Hall of Light. I asked, I released a video uh, about a week ago of all these games in a video, and I said, "Listen, if you know of any other game, let me know." And I got a lot of I got a lot of hits on this video, and no one knew of any other game that I that said anything to me. So as far as I know, this is the definitive list of ham games on the Amiga. Now. A lot of people confuse ham games on the Amiga with what's called uh, extra half-bright mode. Okay, we're not going to get into that. At some point down the line, we'll probably touch on it. But there's a difference, okay? And so these are just ham games. So we had a, a, an incredibly limited uh, 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 supply of games this week because, as I mentioned, some of the games I talked about were only released in demo form or were straight up never released. Uh, that debugger, the dynamic debugger game, as far as I know, there are no active copies available anywhere. So it was a, it was a very limited on what we had to choose from. Now, absolutely, I sent you a list of these, or, I, or you no, came I up sent with you one. a list of these. Well, you, no, I because yeah, I, I found the same source you did. Well, so when you did you check out more than a couple of these no. to try? So you picked one and just went with it. Yes, and there's a reason for that. I actually tried to play some of these other ones. Okay, and uh, um, it's a mixed bag. I will say uh, there's a game in here. There's one game in here I want to especially mention called Overdrive. Overdrive, there are two games called Overdrive on the Amiga. This is the one made by an outfit called Infacto. Overdrive is the only game that I found on the, on the list that is in that plays in ham mode and in half bright mode. Ooh. So so it's a double. So I didn't pick it because if we if we ever do a show on half bright mode, I'm probably pick it for that. But th- there is one game that does both. Uh, th- these games all have a certain commonality. They're not the same sort of games, but the ham mode is used in similar ways, I think. Uh, with all that said, it was interesting to look into the brand. I learned a lot this week. And, I, of course, uh, the Amiga community is strong. They have a lot of smart people in it. They tried to explain this to me as best they could. So hopefully I came close uh, to getting it right. With all that said... Now, we were tasked with uh, picking one of two games here, Brent. Uh, do you want to go first, or would you like me to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay, let me make sure I've got you set up here to go first, and bam. Brent, take it away. I uh, picked the Pioneer Plague. Yes. And before we get into the game proper, I want to talk a little bit about its uh, game designer. 
Bill Williams. All right. Now, Bill Williams is actually uh, seasoned, well-known uh, in the Atari ST and Amiga community. Had a rest. Yeah. yeah. He passed away, sadly. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah quite a while ago. Um, <clears throat> he was, did you know, and he was born with cystic fibrosis. No, I did not know that. Uh, which, which is... Actually, what ended up killing him at, at the age of, of uh, uh, thirty-seven. That's horrible. I hate um, that. But he <clears throat> he really pushed the envelope on a lot of things. Uh, we look. Uh, Necromancer was one of his games, not Neuromancer. Necromancer. Yeah. Um, Alley Cat, a game we both enjoyed and very recently looked at. I didn't quite understand this at the time. Someone else started that game. Yeah. Started the project. Pitched it. And uh, Bill Williams came in and said, I'm going to finish this. Oh, really? And so he, this he is the same finished the game. Okay, neat. Um, Mind Walker's another one of his games. Oh, that's a real weird one, uh, too, yeah. Uh, Pioneer Play, of course, which we're, we're looking at today. And uh, Knights of the uh, Christian, yeah. which is another ham game. Yeah. Um, all his. He also, later down in life, he did some work with the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo. Uh, but that's when he lost lost faith in the in the gaming industry. Uh, Unsustainable. He, he actually said, "Screw this! I'm out of here." Wrote a couple uh, books, which were were mildly successful, uh, and then unfortunately uh, passed at a fairly young age. Mm. But he had a a he had a very unique perspective of gaming. And he wanted to push gaming past what it was. He was really wanting to get uh, more. He wanted games to be more than just you're shooting the bad guys or you're you're you know you're trying to save the princess. He was trying to push it beyond that. And uh, for Pioneer Plague, it's no different. Uh, it, it's Pioneer Plague has a very unique backstory. I don't know if you. I watched the intro. That's good. Goes into it. No, no, no. You gotta, you gotta read the manual to get the the whole story. So the premise of this game is humanity done messed up. I know you're shocked. We didn't pull it together. That's the premise of every game. <laughs> so uh, we manufactured an AI robot that <laughs> we could shoot into space, yeah, and it would find planets, and it would. Uh, terraform those planets and then send a little signal out that says, hey, you can come limbo on this planet now. And when I say terraform, I don't just mean like, oh, made the land pretty and, you know, planted some trees. It builds the entire planet. Buildings, roads, infrastructure, the whole nine yards. So it's like a super genesis from Star Trek 2. Yes, okay. yeah. So, uh... So, for centuries, this AI did awesome work. It went around and made tons and tons and tons of new plants. And humanity was like, ha, ha, ha. Because yeah. they're expanding like crazy and reproducing like crazy. That would be convenient as heck. Well, yeah. and then the uh, the probe sent out a, yeah, your planet's ready signal. And when they showed up, it had terraformed the planet. And everything was, you know, livable. Except... It had paved the entire planet. No greenery. So it was water and asphalt. So that's why in the game when you're flying around, that everything's a city, is because there was a bug in the program 
that made it so it, it stopped terraforming uh, uh, grass and mountains and crops and stuff like that. It ju- it's just complete cityscape. All right, the entire planet. Wow. So when they when the humans found the bug, they're like, oh, well, that kind of stinks. We hope there isn't there aren't any more bugs, but there were more bugs. Typically. <laughs> so yeah. the next thing that it did was it would terraform a planet, tell colonists it's ready when people showed up, it'd kill them. And then it forged missiles to shoot off and destroy other planets. So the the evil computer AI was making planets to destroy the planets it had already made. Man. And that is where you come in. How t- as timely as today's headlines. Evil AI. <laughs> Destroying planets. This is unbelievable. This guy was well ahead of the curve. So, um, he, you, you are tasked with going to these planets and, and destroying the evil AI components. You know, because it's making defense ships... And uh, uh, you know anti-air stuff and all this stuff, and the main thing you have to destroy are the missile launchers that are going out and shooting and, and destroying other planets and making it replicating itself so it can make more of itself. Uh, you have a mothership, which is a big round ball. Yeah, the mother and, ball. And you—that's uh, where the game starts. You have four monitors in front of you. Monitor one is the main monitor. That's where you actually go to the planet. You have you fly around in a top-down perspective, um, where you have a, the 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 top fourth of the screen is readouts, yeah, and it has yeah, maps yeah. and that it has that kind of thing. <coughs> and you have to fly around using the radar to find these missile silos to blow them up. And you get harassed uh, by the evil ships as you go along. Uh, your your sprite is huge. It's yeah. huge. Yeah, and it, it doesn't do a great job scrolling the screen around. It's sort of like you you push left and your ship will speed up and get to the all the way to the left side of the screen, and then the screen will kind of catch up to push you more towards the middle. Yeah. If you you can get used to it, but it's it is annoying. It is annoying. It's like you're flying over SimCity. Yeah, well, well, that's you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I already explained why that is. Yeah. Aaron. come on, get on the trolley. Uh, the other option in the big mothership is to go to a different solar system, and the idea is you go down to the planet, you destroy all the rockets, you get back in the ship, you go to a different planet, and you're you're trying to bring back resistance, human resistance, to fight the the uh, evil AI. Uh, and then it has a different gameplay sequence where you're flying through almost like a uh, uh, almost like a battle zone vector type environment. It almost looked like a laser game or something. That you, nah, I think you know, you're pushing it a little. Well, far. I mean, it's way, okay. It was a still shot from a vector game, and then like <laughs> they put a ship over it. Um, and this is your. Uh, a laser game, not vector. Excuse me. Okay, that La- yes. a laser disc game. Sorry, I have a brain spasm <laughs> there. Um, this is more of a uh, segment where you're you're using your mouse, and before you're using a controller and your one button and you're shooting and you're doing all this stuff. 
This, you have to go to the mouse, and you're just controlling a pair of crosshairs. Yeah. And there's missiles that come at you, and there's enemy ships, and it flies, depending on how far away you're traveling is how long the segment is, and you just shoot things, and you get to the other end. It's kind of neat looking, but I, I honestly, I did not like the segment. It's like they took an animated background. I mean, again, it's just like a laziness game. They took something that looks, I mean, it's sharp looking, eh. and then they just put some stuff over it. That's eh. what they did. Yeah. I, I thought it was kind of cool. It looked um, okay. So then you get to the new planet, you do it all again. Now, Aaron, I'm going to guess, because no one talks about this, do you even know what the other two monitors in the control room does? I know one does your disk I.O. Yes, to save the game. That's right. That's that's monitor number four. So it's funny. I, uh-huh. I would go through and click these monitors. Yeah. That one worked. The other one worked. And then the rest of them made my game stop working. Okay, no, it didn't. <laughs> On mine, it did. It no, did stop the game. It didn't. It, right. lo- it certainly looks that way. Yeah. And if you haven't read the manual, Which you, you will have never figured this out. Yeah. In the segments where you're flying over the city, you also have control of four drones. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. You knew about the drones. Well, they're, they're, they you could see them. Right? No, you can't. You can't see no. them. No. Well, then I didn't know about them. If I, you it hit, mentions the drones over and over. If you hit over. ASDF yeah. or uh, I, actually, there's five drones. ASDF and G or F one through five on your keyboard. A small subship will come out of your ship. Yeah. And you can actually assign that ship to do different things. Oh yeah, you program Repair your shield. Yeah. Go get fuel, uh, uh, help defend, and that third monitor is setting up not only what that drone does, but the pattern it flies around your ship on. Yeah, that's what it was. So programming the drone—that's where I couldn't get anything to happen when I got to that screen. So right, what you that. have to so it is a complicated <clears throat> and daunting process. However. You can tell that Bill Williams loved this concept. How do I know this? Because like eight pages of the manual, of like a 16-page manual, is talking about these drones and how awesome these drones are and how you can program the drones and how you can get the drones to come out. On the top, the the one-fourth of the uh, uh, GUI for the over-top screen is dedicated to these drones. Uh, you have lights at the top that will show when they're out, show when they're flying around, show when they're getting fuel, show when they're oh, preparing the ships. that's ship. what those are for. Okay. However, they are not essential to winning the game that I found. Uh, not that I beat this game. Not that I beat this game. I played this game uh, a lot, but I did not beat this game. Yeah. Um, I tried using them. I would call them out. They would fly around the ship, or they would just stand beside my ship. Sometimes they would absorb some damage. But I never used them to a great extent because you have to take your hand off of your joystick to get to the keyboard. Um, But he was very proud of these drones. And to be honest, they are very cool. Real quick, I want to talk about the enemies in the game. Yeah. You have a few just common flyers. They're just different ships, different shapes of ships. Some will just try to run into you. Some will shoot at you. The one special ship, and he even makes a big deal about this in the manual, will actually 
fly onto the screen and draw a box quick style, QIX style. All right, I got it. And all it does is just keep drawing this box over and over and over, and you can't move. I mean, you can move within the box, but if you fly into the line, you take damage, and you have to shoot it. Uh, He talks about it in the manual about how this is... Uh, it's a rumored ship. They're not sure what it's doing. Uh, you know, they're not even sure it actually exists. Blah blah blah. So he plays that up really big in the manual too. Okay, so we've talked about gameplay. Let's talk about graphics. The graphics are good. They're but unique. That's for sure. They are puffy. Your ship looks like it's like a Fisher Price ship. Well, exactly. I think everything in this game looks puffy. And the colors are... Kahoy. Yeah. They're real past, weird pastels. Pastels, yeah. yes. And, like, the, the the top part of the screen that's your UI is overly colorful. Yes. You can tell that they were just shoving colors in this thing yeah. and not thinking mm. about it. All of this drawn by, uh, by uh, Bill Williams. Yeah. All of the gameplay, Bill Williams. It looks deep. The manual... Bill Williams. Yeah. The music, Bill Williams. This is everything done by him, uh, and he's very proud of it. Although he is proud of of the other ham game he did, he was proud of this game because it is the first commercially available ham game to be sold at market. Is that true? Eh, you have to kind of say... Can you just have a ham scream and be a ham game, or do you have to have it as part of your game? I wouldn't be surprised that this was. This is '88. This is early. <coughs> well, if, my game's much later than this one. If for example. you if you say no, you have to have gameplay elements to be considered the first ham game. This is it. This oh is yeah, I would say. It. I mean, if you don't count stuff like strip pokers and right. stuff, just, and I didn't. Right. And neither did Hall of Light. So right. yeah, I would say there's a good chance this is some. I know when I looked, I was researching this topic. Uh, Bill's name came up a lot. Like he was sort of the ipso facto, like King Dog. He was the pusher. Game. He yeah. was the pusher of this. Um, I guess oh, the music on this is outstanding. Yeah, it's a piece I of love titties, it. It? It, it. It's got this weird. Driving, almost futuristic type feeling. It's the kind of music boat would hate because when that first <laughs> menu comes up, you first thing you hear is. Well, no, it's not. It does. It kicks up, but the the it stings right because yeah. it comes up. And it says it. the pioneer plague, and it does it one beat. Bum, yeah, bum bum. Perfect. It's it got, gets it's, you jazzed it's up. It's a combination of like orchestra hits and bass. Yeah, it's a weird combo. And when you go, the a tune no one listens, I couldn't find it online by itself or anything. If you go into the drone configuration screen, the little the third monitor, yeah. it has this mellow, laid-back tune. So nice to listen to. That's the drone programming music. <laughs> you get to be chill. So, is this game good? <sighs> it's repetitive. Um, you basically have two gameplay elements. Uh, and what the the flying through the black hole where you use your mouse controls and control crosshairs, I don't like at all. I just want those segments to end, and sometimes they feel like they drag on forever. 
flying over the city, at least there is some strategy there. You Sometimes you have to go back to your mothership and refuel or get repairs. And your mothership just kind of wanders around. Uh, no, I guess no one's controlling it. It's just it also circling getting the away planet. Occasionally. Um, but, and the radar works yeah. just barely enough to get by. Not that it doesn't show where things are. Uh, it's just very, very small. Um, did I hate my time with this? No, but I got tired of it really fast. And not, I, I don't want to kill this game. I don't want to kill this game because a lot of people hate on this game. And, and, and it's not unjustifiable. There are elements here that I think have merit. However, I think if Bill would have got rid of the ham mode and focused more on adding more to gameplay, adding something, because you gather up all these citizens, but you don't really do anything with them. They're just, you show that you moved them from planet to planet uh, just as a number. I, I wish there was one more layer here, and I think it would have been a great game. What do you think? This one was a real interesting game when it came up. I had no idea what to expect on any of these games. Yeah. That's something else. Like, you're walking off the edge on these these ham games. It's, you don't know. And so this one I had never heard of. Yeah. I never had any idea what it was. The graphics are pretty. I think you I think you can keep the ham mode in this because... Are they pretty? I think they're interesting. I think They the, are interesting. I think the, uh, uh, the bit where you fly over the city... Uh, your ship, I don't like the look of. No. But this could have been made into something. The game... It reminded me of that bit in Awesome where you fly the ship over the planet's surface... Uh, it, it was better. It was done better and awesome than this, but it's similar. You know, you're right. The scrolling's not perfect, but the, I will say the the mode he used it works pretty well. I think the ship's too big. That's I think that's my biggest gripe. That and the scrolling. Yeah. A smaller ship, please, would have done. And I think that's got nothing to do with the hand mode. I think they just want a big, huge, detailed yeah. ship. Right. I do too. It's got cool effects that come over the ship. There's a shield. Yeah, shields, and shields and explosions. And the explosions and look nice. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with that. I also having not read the docs, I didn't know the backstory makes this more interesting to me than yeah. I was. So that's kind of neat. Uh, I didn't know exactly what I was doing in any of these modes. Just sort of had to feel my way through. But I thought uh, the, uh, the 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 laser disky like zoom into the black hole scene. There was some that had potential too. The same potential that all laser disc games have, where they just put an animated background up and you nice. do something in front of it. No. I thought it was okay on a home computer in '88. I think that's not bad. You've got to put yourself in the ear of this. This was an '88. No, that I, would have been a pretty cool effect I'll, back in '88. It, it was a cool effect. It just I just don't think. I first of all, I don't like the gameplay switching from controller to mouse to controller to mouse and using the keyboard while you're also using the controller. I don't have a problem right, with you, that. You could wear that on the Amiga. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have I don't like having to switch to the mouse. Yeah, I you, wish there were some kind of joystick. You controller. could get away with it on the Amiga though, is my uh, point. You've got a mouse there at all times. There's no Amiga that have a mouse. So I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I like the varied gameplay. This is very deep painting, like I said. So you could tell the uh, in the colors one of the things about hand mode is you've got a You've got to basically pre-select the palette, and so uh, something tells me when you do that, you could get into some funky colorings, which is what happened here. Uh, the uh, there seems to be more going on than I think is. Like this game seems like Bill was really shooting for this real deep game, but it's shallow in gameplay. You know. Yeah. I, I will say when we got to the point where you programmed, the, I did get to the screen where you programmed the person, but didn't know what I was doing. I couldn't figure out how to yeah. make anything happen. Like, I thought the game, and it, I couldn't get out of it either, so 
There's that. So this probably that probably could be something done with it. But this reminds me of you know really this reminds me of something you'd see on early or like just as the awkward adolescence of DOS gaming. So this reminds me of like uh, of the period that produced uh, One Must Fall and Epic Pinball, where people were taking chances in DOS and trying different screen modes. That's what this sort of reminds me of. Even the colorization of it reminds me of that, which is interesting. You know that it came out so early in the Amiga. Is this a game you're going to go back to over and over? No, I don't think so. But it's certainly worth a look. It's, yes. And, and this is, what this is you know, it's the same. We talked about Edgar Vigdahl, the guy that did uh, the Lux Galaga, the Lux Pac-Man, right? Mm-hmm. This, and that's something else this reminds me of. I mean, these aren't in the league of those games. Let's, no, let's not get crazy. Not. But this is one man who said, hey, I'm going to do it my way. Here's what I want. And he laid it down. And that's what I love about the old PC at, uh, uh, Amiga era where you had a one-man crew who could sit down and do this stuff. There are other examples. More in the in the, in the uh, PD realm. I mean, this is a published game. Yeah, so, 30 bucks you know, on release. You know, so this is a, this someone believed in the concept. I don't know how well this game would have done. Did you see any of these on I, eBay? I didn't see sale numbers, and I didn't look it up on eBay. I can do that real quick, though. Um, I think that Bill... Is someone who reached for the stars all the time when he did yeah. anything. Yeah, and I think uh, I think if someone would have been there to maybe pull him back a little bit, it would have not hurt. But I get the impression just on the and this is this is probably I shouldn't say this because it's not like I know this guy's life story. Yeah, uh, uh, although I, I'm I am kind of interested in some of his books. Um, he seems like someone who says, "Listen, if you're not going to do it my way, I'm just I'm not going to do it." Uh, which I don't know. You can do this was right on the border of when you could still do that and when you couldn't. Yeah, and I think especially when he started going to Nintendo and Super Nintendo, and they were like, "No, no, you're this is your part of the game. Go do it." Hey, that's when he was fed up with it. I, I'll, uh, I'll, I just like the idea that he that he did what he wanted. And he was also, on top of everything else, because a lot of guys made games to how they wanted, but he also wanted to make games in this certain mode. You know, yes. he went for it. He was like, I'm going to go tread through a new uh, ground here. And so you got to give the guy credit on that, too, whether you're into the game or not. Uh, if, if you want this full box, everything ready to go, Super Mega Edition, it's going to run you about 80 bucks. Holy smoke. But if you want a loose floppy, here you go, jam it into your system, you're looking at about five. No, you got to get the whole thing. It's good to, um, we did get some Discord action to Brent. <clears throat> um, so our good, I, I was surprised that we actually got some Discord action on both these games. Pajaco6502 chimes in. So I didn't quite get on with this one. It has some interesting concepts, but having to switch between joystick and mouse from menu to game was annoying for sofa play. The top-down shooting parts are quite cool, but I found having such a large ship made it difficult to fly around and shoot the moving enemies without taking a pounding yourself. It kind of reminds me of Virus, which me and Bo just looked at, but it's in 2D. The first-person sub-Ether shooting levels were insane, and I felt like... I was being activated by score or something. Agent 174 reporting for duty. Where was I? Oh, yeah, the music is what I can only be described as experimental mod jazz. I agree with that. And had the game not been 30 years old, 30 plus years old, I would have thought this was early AI-generated music. Overall, though, there wasn't really anything I hadn't seen before. 
And so it failed to grab me uh, for more than an evening. Five out of ten. Uh, we also got a chime in from our good pal Z9K9. Yes. He popped in and said, with its grimy cityscapes and a musical score of cyberpunk noodles, this was a very 80s vision of the future gone wrong. Impressively indulging in the Amiga's quirky hardware, the splashy colors are sometimes garish, but certainly would have been amazing at the time of release. The physical navigation charts that come inside the box are a nice outside-the-box mental flex. The gameplay consists of a frenzy of multitasking that develops by getting faster and faster till it borders upon the unfair. But the fact that you can return to the mothership as many times as you like to both fully replenish yourself and also rest all your probes to the start of their launch sequences undermines the need to re-equip from the ground and so likely robs the game of more integrated and dynamic forms of strategy. This typically ambitious game from Bill Williams doesn't get as doesn't gel as strongly as his masterworks, but it's still difficult, different enough from everything else to be worth trying. Six out of ten. We didn't mention that, but it, you can hit escape basically and redock. Well, yeah, when you when you're in your ship, you can go back to the control room of your ship, yeah. and then when you come back to the planet, everything, all your ship. Uh, fuel and shield and stuff is refer- replenished. I thought those were reasonable assessments of the game from the boys Absolutely. there. Uh, so, I mean, so you're saying this is going to cost you to get one uh, when you bought it. I would be interested. I don't know if you've got this in front of you. I hate to be mentioned. But uh, did this get any reviews in 88? I mean, how did this tons. review? It did tons. Uh, this was heavily featured in Amiga magazines at the time. Uh, all of them gave it uh, high 70s, low 80s. Yeah. Uh, even some Atari magazines, I guess uh, this was about the time when they knew the transition was happening, so they were reviewing Amiga stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, even those gave it decent scores. Uh, however, non-branded folks that are just, like, game magazines yeah. or whatnot crushed it. Did this get Hated a review it. on anything else aside from the Amiga? Did this get an ST? No, 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 no. Okay. It only came on Amiga. Uh, yeah, the the... the the general uh, public gaming magazines low thirties, which I don't think it deserves that. Yeah, uh, I, I think seventies and eighties is probably a little high praise. Yeah, and thirties is a little low. But uh, yeah, it got tons of reviews in magazines. It was an interesting title, uh, Brent. I think you picked up one of the best, stronger uh, efforts because I both we both could have picked links. Which is probably the most, uh, certainly the most mainstream of the hand mode games. Especially since you said, I'm picking links. I almost (laughs) picked it, but then I saw something that demanded my attention, Brent. I'm going to go just jump right into mine. So, y'all know me. Uh, I love me a good uh, old school fighting game. Everything from uh, One Must Fall all the way up to Tekken 27 and Street Fighter 30. I'm down with the clown when it comes to a fighting game. So, you can imagine how delighted I was and surprised. When amongst the ham mode games, I saw one that was labeled as a fighting game. And so I said, screw you, Lynx. I'm not losing the opportunity because when we're going to be back down this road again, I'm going to try this sucker. And so the game I ended up selecting was, bam, it's Olo Fight. Olo Fight. That's O-L-O Fight. Okay? What's it mean? Ah. So... Olo Fight uh, listed amongst them. This is definitely, there's no doubt that this game is a ham game. Uh, this one released in 1998. 
A commercial release in 98, the brand. Ten years. Yeah. This is a decade on from the game we yeah. just talked about. And this is uh, for, this was published uh, and developed by the real Ologram. Uh, this is a one-to-two-player sure. one joint. Uh, coded, and as far as I can tell, these guys never did anything else to the Amiga. Coder was Fabrizio uh, Stolduto and uh, Rudy uh, Charito. And the and uh, the graphics and music were done by Gatino Russo. So I think these guys weren't from uh, Hurricane. You know they weren't what I mean? from around here. Yeah. Uh, and this is also, by the way, listen, anyone can do a ham game. That's for suckers. This is a ham game that requires AGA, brother. And I wanted to get into the specs. The minimum specs on this game, okay? This is the minimum. AGA chipset. 0.7 megabytes of chip ran 1.8 meg of fast RAM and CD-ROM, but the recommended it was a 68030. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, and it just says extra RAM. They're not lying. Get 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 it. So, what is Olo Fight? Well, Olo Fight, as as I mentioned, is a fighting game. Uh, well, no, it is. Well, I mean, that was what they were shooting for, anyway. Uh, and in this fighting game, uh, you pick one of eight fighters to go to battle. Now, you know a game is gold when it's got a solid gold opening. And all the fight, listen, they tell, they show you right away the technology level of all the fight as the game comes up because as the credits roll, and this one's got the, this one, Bo would hate the music. It is straight up club music. Yeah. Uh, but there's also some nice little piano pieces and stuff. So there's different music in this. The opening of this game has little, like, I guess you would call them uh, quick time movies. Sort of like, it reminded me sort of like you would see like Mortal Kombat 1. Remember KI? The KI had like the little intro movie yeah. when yeah. you're scrolling for the versus screen. That's what these felt like. And these show you the little, as the music's playing and the credits are rolling, it shows you each of the eight characters that are available and it shows you them doing stuff. Sometimes they're flying around. Sometimes they're burning stuff. Sometimes they're chopping stuff in half. Yeah, training. I think it's what they're trying One to show. One guy chops a mountain sideways in half. Another guy chops a mountain long ways in half. Uh, they're uh, just whooping that butt. They're th throwing boulders, you know. But it's all like rendered graphics. Yes. Okay. And so uh, I knew right away. I was like, man, this is going to be something right here. <laughs> Boy, was I not. I was not disappointed. Now, when you start the game, you actually get a robust, uh, what I would call a robust screen of options. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, tons of uh, you've got options. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, why, why did you use air quotes when you said that? <laughs> so let's talk about the options you get. You've got story mode, survival mode, time attack mode, single uh, battle, a versus battle, and then you go down to. Uh, uh, options, uh, save, that sort of thing. You also get the credits of the game. And you can also have your fight records. And when you go into the options screen proper, you can go in there and set your difficulty. The, uh, you can also set the resolution of the, of the graphics, and you can also set whether you want the music to be in the background or not. Pretty basic stuff. As far as I can tell from the other modes, story mode and... Uh, story mode and... Uh, uh, Survival mode is story mode. Term I think was saying without the wall of text that starts yes. uh, story mode. Story mode has a like I'm not going to read story mode to everybody, but just like there were eight planets, they're all descended from humans. Something's going wrong, but instead of banding together, they're going to fight each other to declare a champion, yeah. and then go after the main guy who's trying to kill everybody. 
All right, so that's makes the, sense. That's the point. Well, you know how thing. You know how it goes. You know how that goes. Uh, and so uh, you you get to pick from one of these eight fighters. Now, now, now correct me if I'm wrong, yeah, Aaron. Yeah. The 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 eight people themselves don't have beefs with each other. But they're they're fighting to see who's the strongest to go after the big baddie, right? Well, they everyone's got beefs. You know oh. how that goes. Okay. These are humans. So the, according to the wall of text, everyone uh, shouldn't fight because they're all descended from humans, and there's something getting ready to wipe us out. But they don't. They're going to fight anyway. Listen, if you didn't have fighting, there'd be no game. You just go and fight the end boss. So. I, I clipped out. This is a game, of course. You can tell by the names produced in Italy. A newsflash. <laughs> and so, uh, this is a game that has. I clipped off the back of the box features because this is important. Because listen, when we get to the fighting game part of this, that's going to be quick. <laughs> All right. So there are there are eight basic fighters plus ten or two hidden fighters. One I've seen nine of the fighters. There's one guy I haven't seen. This thing brags that it has 400 animation frames each for the fighters. I dispute that, frankly. <laughs> 25 uh, frame per second animations. 10 special moves for each fighter. I also dispute that. Yeah, um, there's, there's, um, there's four. There are power-ups. <laughs> and the, here's the thing. This is my favorite line from the back of the box. Realistic collision detection. The more, the more precise your moves are, the more harm they will cause. More than 3,000 colors on screen at the same time on any AGA Amiga. This runs in what's called Ham 8 mode. You can only do this on AGA. Objects moving on different parallax layers behind and in front of the fighters. Floor with realistic 3D motion. Always a good thing. I've never seen that before. <laughs> Background music adapting itself to game events. That stick. 100% rendered graphics, animated backgrounds, shadowing effects. Multilingual support, mini story modes. So that, and some of that they got. I will say that. So when the game starts up, you pick your fighter. The fighters, you just get a wall of weird-looking fighters. Some look like bats. Some look like ice creatures. Some look like fire creatures. Some look like rock creatures. Some guys just look like big hulking freaks. Yeah. You know. And you and you you pick your guy, and then it goes to a screen, and a la Panza kickboxing, you get to set up. Where your special moves go. Now, this is this seems dumb, okay, and it is. But the what you're doing is the way the this way this game handles special moves. Let's get into this, okay? All right. I played this on a joystick with two with two buttons, okay. And you can play that's because C32 had multiple buttons, okay. Right, but the second button's not used. It doesn't do anything. So okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss something. No, you didn't miss nothing. So the way this game works is actually reminds me of when we played Primal Rage. We have certain insight into this fighting system. Because we all we talked about how are you going to play Primal Rage? Well, Primal Rage had a cool setup for the specials that involved holding a button a certain way and hitting the joystick, and now it activate all the different specials in the different cardinal directions. Smart move. This does a similar thing. You hold the button down on your joystick, and at the top of the screen, it'll have the time left in the fight, and the energy for both fighters, and then you see uh, five, You see four numbers on each side that are written in like a cross, okay? This tells you how many special moves you have left at that direction, Okay, when you start out, you have one in every direction. Okay, so when you're fighting, uh, let's say you're fighting some lizard guy. Okay, when you if you go forward and punch, just tap your button, you'll punch or kick, whatever move the guy does. 
if you hold the button down, yeah. a but a button will appear at the top of the screen yeah. to tell you, okay, to show you you've got, you've got it down. Yeah. Then you hit the direction you want that where that special moves at, and it will get it'll and work. It will trigger. It's yeah. not the worst idea. It will actually that. Hear me out. Oh no, I, it, it's to, fine because that means every character out of the gate has four special moves. Yes. they can use. Okay. Yep. And so, by default, that works. That's not a bad system. Uh, each of these players are, they have their own set of, I would go, call them moves, attacks. Let's go with that. Some are uh, just punches and kicks. Sometimes they use their tail, you know, stuff like that. And then your special moves. So, the screen that you start up with, which we were talking about, where it's got, it shows your character, it shows his power, and it shows. Four directions and different pictures. So you have four different moves. But if you only want one move Special in every moves. yeah, if you want one move in every direction, it's the same move, you can do it. You can get rid of the other three. Yeah. You could also get have if you've got if you've gotten to the point where you've got multiple moves per on a button, you can set it up to where, okay, the my fire attack, I've got two of those. I'm going to put those up here. So you can set up the attacks on your joystick. Yeah, you customize your character. I'm going to give them credit on that. That's not bad. Okay. Uh, and you can earn, now allegedly, because I never did this, but you allegedly you can earn more attack, more uh, slots for your special attacks. I never did that. I, I, yeah. One for everything. Now you'll I notice when your you, enemies have way more. Yeah, when you you'll notice that your computer, yeah, your computer opponents could have like six, nine up to nine, yeah. and they'll have them. Yeah. And when you fight, uh, the, by the way, the, the difficulty in this ranges from easy all the way up to super. Okay, and I'm going to explain what the difference is there too. I did my homework on this, if you can believe it. I played a lot of Olo fight this week, so let's get to the actual combat. So this combat takes place in front of what I would describe as gorgeous, intricate, uh, uh, striking backgrounds with a scrolling floor. They weren't lying. <laughs> that have floor? absolutely nothing to do with the fighters the, in front. Uh, hey, listen, <laughs> I'm getting to it. The floor scrolls in like a, a, a parallaxy. There's, par- there's multiple layers in the background, and the backgrounds are often very beautiful yeah. with space scenes or mountain ranges. Yep. Big UFOs fly overhead. Yep. If you looked at this game, both our games have something in common. When you looked at a still photo in the back of the box, they would you would see you thought like, there would be a God. lot of potential. You yeah. would be stunned at how awesome these look. I would I would I would say this has the best looking backgrounds of any game I've seen. Like I mean, bar none. They look great, yeah. and the guys who the guys who did the graphics on this. You got to give them credit. They really, and they're diverse. The ones that are back there are real fun looking. Well, what's nice too is there's details back there. It's not, I mean, the very, very back is just a matte painting, right? Yeah. It might have blinking lights or, or little effects every once in a while, but it's just a matte painting. But between the very back and your fighters are stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and multiple layers and, of and stuff. There's, and it's not just like, uh, uh, like scenery stuff. Sometimes there's cars that go by or carts and stuff, and it, it does add. To, in fact, there's even foreground stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, all the way. If it was just the background all the way up to the fighting layer, and then we just remove the fighting layer and had the foreground, 
you would have a lot of potential for something off. It's almost like, you know, when you run through like a Shadow of the Beast and like there's stuff in the front and the scroll. Well, it's... I, well, I'm saying that if you took the fighters feel. out, it it's would... Yeah, you, it's very attractive. So... Good. And the music's okay, not bad either. Yeah, so now we've got I like my music. So here's better. the problem. Now we're going to talk about the gameplay. Okay, we've been <laughs> I've been putting it off, but we can put it off no longer. Here comes the gameplay. So how does this game work? Well, we've explained how the fighting works. The two your two rendered characters appear on screen. Okay. Now, unlike Rise of the Robot, you can pick any of the eight guys except not just one, and you have. Uh, uh, full reign to pick the eight guys. So you pick your guy. I know, I'm holding off. You get out there and you're fighting. Well, here's what... Uh, this game, I can describe its major problem in, in one... In, in two words. <laughs> hit detection. That is not good. The hit detection, this is so bad. I put this on uh, uh, novice, and I went all the way up to super, just to see what the differences were. What I like to do when I play is I've got a system, okay? Right. And by the way, as far as I can tell, the difference between novice and super is the health bar of your opponent. Ooh. It goes from <laughs> the, pretty much tiny to the same size as yours all the way up to like unbelievable. Like you would take you like an hour to beat it. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. Just about hitting him, okay? So what I like to do when I play is I use all my special moves right away, Okay. Let's talk about the special we'll moves. We'll need those uh, later. <laughs> Eat, like the guys have their own special moves. Sometimes they, sometimes they strike a pose and fire shoots out of them. Sometimes yeah. they, there's a uh, electronic shield. Some of them have pretty good effects. Sometimes they ice guys. Sometimes they, one guy does like a knee lift and like a bunch of lightning comes out of them. You know, but they're they're not what I would call typical fighting game maneuvers. You're not going to see even Marvel versus Capcom. Would be these would look goofy. They, they, these are, uh, I mean, they're goofy looking. Oh well, I mean they are. Yeah. But the the, the uh, uh, they they have to limit how many times you can do them because they're so over the top. They're yeah, crazy powerful. You can't you can't dodge them as far right. as I can tell. I've never seen one dodge any of them, yeah. including me. And so once you get, well, I would use all my special powers to get those out of the way. Then. I would stand at the back of the screen because you can literally move your guy so far back in the screen that you He's can not barely even see on him. it. Yes, and then you just hold the button down and just keep tapping forward. And you like most guys do like a little jab or something. You can see me jabbing. You can hit that when they're completely off the other side of the screen, over and over in their face, and just that's the game. I went through the entire game on easy, all the way to the. Uh, there's a guy called Plague X. I think his name. He's a skeletal guy. Okay, he's one of the end boss guys. He cleaned my clock. Like, that crap didn't work on him. It made me wonder, why would you not make this not work on anyone? But it worked on everyone else. You could hit guys from completely across the screen with nothing but air between you. And I don't mean like I'm throwing fireballs. I mean, like, if I, if Brent went over to the other side of the arcade and I was going like this, and he was going like, ah, 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 that's what would happen. It would be great for me, too. <laughs> well, I... I, I didn't try that, so I don't know if that it is works. <laughs> but I think there's a there's an even larger flaw oh, in oh, the fight. Oh, we're not done. Oh, okay. We're I'm not sorry. Done. That's but I'm just saying you can win every fight and be nowhere near the other guy. Yeah. Okay. Except for the main guy. There's there's that. Secondly, I like you know sometimes when I play a game I like to hold back and shoot fireballs. You know how I do it. But sometimes I like to run in like a death charge. You know how I do that yeah. too. This game, you never want to go in with a death charge. There's a reason why. 
Because when you get near the guy, you can't hit each other. They're just basically pushing their fists and legs, go through the backside of the other one. And then there's the hilarious turning of the guy, <laughs> where they have to slowly turn around to face their opponent. When they do this, it looks dumb, and it's slow, and it takes forever. And one would wonder why they did it this way. I'm assuming to graphically please you. Yes. Because there is animation where you got turns completely around, it, I guess it's graphically pleasing. If the whole time you weren't going ah ah, trying to get it, to I mean, that. it's not quite as bad as you're making it out. But it's it exactly is bad. that. It's it exactly is bad. that. Uh, I, I mean, all right, keep going because you still haven't hit the thing that I hate. Well, the let's most. hear what what did you hate the most? I mean, those are the two worst things. What do you got? Every punch you land, every kick you land, yeah. special move knocks the player back. Not knocks your opponent back basically to the other side of the screen. Yeah. You cannot there is no uh close quarter fisty cuffs because everything you do bounces him back to the edge of the screen. Yeah. It's so annoying. You can never get in there and throw a combo. I mean go well. I mean those combo. are way <laughs> those are right out. But I, it was so frustrating because it felt like I was, I would hit a guy, and, and they would go fly across the screen, and then you go up to him, and then he hits you, and then you go flying across the screen. Yeah. It was the slowest paced combat I've ever experienced. Yeah. It was painfully slow. And there's a lot of the combat where you're mostly off the screen or your opponent's <laughs> off the yes. screen. And the specials in this, well, I mean, they had to, the, to limit it, like I said earlier. Because they are so over-the-top powerful. I mean, there are moves where you just encase yourself in fire yeah. and fly up like a phoenix. Yeah. And, and the other guy takes it no matter what. <laughs> they they just, get it. And they just get hit. Um, the animation on it is really bad. It, oh, yeah. There's just there's not enough frames. Oh, what did you, read? Um, did you hear what I said in the docs? There's 400 frames of animation. What are you looking yeah, at? There are definitely not. We haven't seen all of them. We're looking for them. <laughs> um, do I think this is the worst fighter I've ever played? Yes. No. What's worse than this? The Rise of Robots is worse. It's smoother playing. I, I played that this week because these games are often compared. They are comparable. You get to pick more guys. The, and the, the special moves feel... Special. Everything in this game, though, is worse than everything in terms of the gameplay. Everything is worse than Rise the hit of the detection is definitely worse. The fact that we're making this comparison is not you all good. You need to know. Yeah, it's not good for this game. When you look at Rise of the Robots, you're like, "Well, there's some positive aspects to it." You know, the music in this is better. The backgrounds are thousands Way of times better. better. Yeah. Also, in Rise of the Robots, you have to wait for all those animations. That you don't have to do that in this. But this stinks. I mean, it stinks big time. And, it's, and the funny thing is, I was reading about it this. It says throws. It, <laughs> yeah, tell them about the throws. I, I, Pretend you're stunned. It's got stuns, too. Often your guy would just walk up, like literally, it looks like he's going to hug the other guy and just <laughs> physically move him, and then the other guy just falls over. That's what, that's a throw. Listen, there are throws. That's, a, that's not a throw. That's like helping someone across a mud hole. That's what that is. But I was reading about this when I was doing research because there's enough, within, no one's heard of this game. But the few that have heard of it, it's not like a top banana style legend of this game. Where it's like, apparently when this game was being made, 
Like, this is the desperate days on the Amiga magazines. Like, they'll cover anything. And apparently this was getting a ton of coverage, and there was a ton of hype behind it of how big a deal it was going to be. And then it, it happened. You know, and I guess it kept it took a long time to come out. Uh, but it finally happened. I guess once people actually got to play the demo of this, like, they were pretty much like, we're out. And so, yeah, it didn't do well. I, I would say not. I mean, but so you think, aside from Rise of the Robots, I watch a show called Worst Fighting Games Ever. Yeah, I do as this well. would crush the worst games on that list in terms, oh, of, in terms of badness. No, I don't agree with that. No, oh, this is really, really bad. It, certainly in the top 10 worst fighting games. Okay? I don't think I've ever seen one worse than this. I, don't, I can't imagine. I don't know what one would be like. It'd be unplayable. Well, I mean... Yeah, there's 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 plenty of those out there. Yeah, FMV fighting games uh, uh, are definitely up there. Uh, it's bad. There, this also appeared as a, in a demo. I'm trying to find the magazine. I've got it over here. It's written here somewhere. This did demo on a magazine cover. I bet that was into that when that thing <laughs> came came in. But the sad thing is, if you take the actual, even the individual guys, they don't look great. Okay, no, but they, they are different. They are you. Well, Some of the attacks are real wacky. That's just your basic attacks, and then the special attacks are double are double wacky. Someone asked, "Yes, this is far far worse. This makes Kasumi Ninja look like uh, more combat too. I mean, cause this is way worse than Kasumi Ninja. <laughs> like I said, I can't think. I played a lot of fighting games. I can't think of a worse one. Believe it or not, Brent, we did get some reviews on this. We got a review. I was wondering if anybody would try it and. Our good buddy Pajaka gave it a world. I get this. You're, I read this ahead of time, and I want to read it again for you. Okay, Pajaka writes. So at first glance, this looks like someone saw what a terrible job Rise of the Robots did and thought, "Hold my beer." <laughs> However, okay, here you listen closely. All right. However, when you get into this game, it's actually quite fun for an Amiga fighter. And while it comes off as a bit clunky, it seems to be enough there to keep you interested. It's nice and colorful with some interesting backdrops. The sound effects are good. And some of the music really doesn't fit. The characters are not too memorable. It's not going to set the world on fire. But it's an interesting enough game to sink a couple hours into. And you can play this, and it's better than Rise of the Robots. I would score Bam. this higher if it was PD. But if I paid a chunk of cash for this, I might expect more. 6.5 out of 10. Now listen, Pajaco. Well, you are, are out of your mind. It, it is good to know that uh, the, the the five who produced this, Aaron. This was Olafite. Ola, or Ola, the, sorry, the real Olagram. It's it. good to see that the real Olagram are still sending out checks for reviews. Yeah, that's all I gotta yeah. say. Yeah, you ain't kidding. <laughs> I mean, I I can't even. I, I was baffled. Lemon scored this a, a big, big four point three three. Means this could appear on the Dirt Worth sometime in the future when I finally crank that show up. Uh, there was only one actual review. Amiga Reviews gave this a thirty four percent. I think. Yeah, I think a three. I think a, a, a three is certainly worth it. I could not find any uh, anything about this on eBay. But, I mean, apparently it was released. Oh, the demo appeared on the cover of Amiga Format CD cover. That shows you how far in the Amiga realm this was. June of 1998, issue 111. Oh, 111. So, yes, I will say, 
as dumb and as bad and as horrible as this game is, and it's the this is the dirt worst it's fighting there, game. Yeah. Okay, and we've played some bad fighting games on the Amiga. Yeah, uh, but this one, if you've got a spare moment, load her up. You will not. Rem you will not forget your, your. Your. You may not want to remember, but you will forget your experience. Now, before we move on, Brett, I want to ask you. Yes. As we close up on uh, Amiga Ham Games, and we're never coming this way again. This is it. That's we'll no. There's no more games. That's all there is. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. We'll see. What did you? What? What would you take away from your experience with the Ham Games? Uh, it, it's kind of <laughs> like the. The the, the uh, hesitation. Sega Saturn, right? That no no Are you what? Hold up, hold up. Uh uh <coughs> You got a long way to go on this one. They had those two processors. Yeah. Right? And and no one ever programmed for the two processors. They programmed for one processor. And that's just the way it was, right? Well, the Jaguar is more appropriate the, for that comment. So, the, you know, two processors, it's hard to program for. Uh -huh. This was obviously hard to program for. Uh, ham mode was. And therefore, it didn't get any developer attention. I think, especially modern day, and I'll look to see if there are any modern games for, for Ham. Nope. And, and, and there, there aren't, but there are things in progress. Oh, um, yeah. That's the Amiga production of ham games. Now it starts to crank up in 2023. I would love to see someone come back and and do something really amazing with this technology. Uh -huh. I think the technology is is workable. Just no one has no one has done it. Sorry, I'm not giving you that from going from the Saturn comment. You're an idiot. No, I, no, I think I think ham I think ham mode has potential. I just don't think that developers spent any time on it because it was hard. Well, I don't know, man. All I know is these games were uh, a descent into madness. That's all I'm oh, saying. Oh, but Pioneer Plague was not that bad. None of my business. Whatever you say, brother. I'm we need saying. to go from something bad to something good. Real good and real fast. And bam, there it is. You know... We often discuss how much we enjoy the antics, the efforts of RetroRewind.ca. And I have personally sent my envoy, The Boat, to Canada this very weekend to meet with Frank from Retro Rewind. Oh. To negotiate deals, have dinners, uh, do businessman stuff. He's up there right now, Brent. Now, why do you think we would associate ourselves with a company like RetroRewind.ca? Two words. Top shelf. That's why. Because Retro Rewind takes care of your business. Do you have a uh, AGA Amiga at the house and you're jonesing to play some Olo fight? Who can blame you? Take that thing, get the caps clipped off and replaced by RetroRewind.ca. Do you have an Amiga capable of hand mode, something above the old Amiga 1000, and you want to play Brent's Wacky Game, Pioneer Plague? Listen, who does it, right? That's why you need to get your computer maintenance done from RetroRewind.ca. Because what do they do? They take your C64s, your CDTVs, your CD32s, your Amiga 1200s, and everything in between. They'll do repair work. They'll recap it. They'll make sure everything's taken care of so you can experience all the delights and glory of ham mode games at home and abroad. Plus, let's not forget their efforts when it comes to the old cocoa Absolutely. and the various accoutrements they sell 
please, we beseech you, check out RetroRewind.ca. What do we got on the wheel this week, the brand? We. Please, no more ham. I um, mean, I could go for some ham. No, no, no. We added in the Retro Rewind spot the old Xbox. I've been toying around with the Xbox quite a bit here recently, so that I think that's dandy. The new piece. Yeah, as you try to remember. Is the Philips VG5000. I don't know what that is. I don't either. I don't know what any of this stuff is. I didn't know what ammo was, and I'm an amigo. There you go. Spin that sucker. Here it goes. He's getting it geared up and explodes. Explodes the wheel. Look at that loppy. Why does that look so lopsidedy? Look at that! Holy moly! It's Retro Rewind time with a little bit of original Xbox. We are going to be playing games featured on the original Xbox. We've been down this road before and Boat panned both the episodes involving the Xbox. So Boat once again is disappointed. Sorry, Boat. Because we're gonna do it. I like da, 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 da. Xbox, and we like <laughs> Xbox, and so it's nice. I, I love the original Xbox, and I've been playing with mine quite a bit. Bo loves it so much that he gave me the old one that I fixed up for him. So Makes it works sense. out great. Do you want to set any ground rules, or just anything goes on the original Xbox? Let's say, yeah, that you have to pick. So, well, first of all, you have, it has to be exclusive to the Xbox. Exclusive to the yes. Xbox. Okay, and. It has to be something within the first year of the release year? or the last year of oh, release. Oh, man. Those are, okay, we'll do our best to cover that. That's tough. That's tough, Brent. Listen here. I want to say, first of all, uh, if you're watching us live, uh, happy Easter, everybody, and thanks for joining us. Uh, do we have anything you want to talk about before I get into our usual shtick here at the end of the show? The Brent? Anything happening in the world of the Brent? Uh... <laughs> Not that I want to bring up on the show. Yeah, fair enough. So, <laughs> uh, two things I want to discuss, uh, the Brent. Uh, the number one thing is, of course, well, let's talk about a little thing called Boat Fest. Boat Fest happening June 23rd through 25th. Get your tickets now. Uh, available. There's still some left. Although, again, we always say this, they're going quick, but they really are. There are not going to be too many left after this. Well, here's the thing. If you're listening to the show and you don't live in the area... Now is absolutely the time to get your tickets because we're going to start advertising local. And yeah. when that happens, I mean, we only have X amount of tickets to sell. Uh, I think I think I'm going to push off the 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 giving John the signs for a week, yeah, just so people who hear the show can can maybe get in on it. Yeah, but this is it. Literally, once we put up the local advertisements for the show, there's a chance that they're just gone. So and get we want we want outside influences, you know, to come in and get people we don't get to see all the time. So please, if, if you're at all interested, uh, get them now. You know, here's the thing, and I'm, I'm not going to go to big spiel here. People know the score. They've heard us talking about this. I'm going to go to this thing with a bunch of my computers, and, and everyone's bringing all kinds of crazy exotic crap. All right? And so we're going to play... A crap load of weird games. Ola Fight will be played, for example, all right? <laughs> so if you just like coming and seeing systems you've never seen before and played, they're going to be there. People, do you want to meet people that you've heard about but never seen before? We've got people coming from the UK, people coming from Australia, plenty of Canadians, people coming from all over the states that are going to descend on our little town. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, to do that, but I just I'm just looking forward to going there and playing some games and having some fun. We'll do some shows. There'll be an auction, stuff like that. The stuff you'd expect at a little con. But if you just con! if you don't give a crap about any of that, you just want to come and hang out. And you know, 
I hate when I see a sucker at one of these things where they walk in, they don't know anybody. They're like, what am I doing here? They don't do anything. This ain't going to be that. If you're a guy who's like, I don't know, maybe the, no one knows me or whatever. Listen, everyone gets gets the play. It's all fun. All embracing good time. So don't, if you're like the shy type or you're worried that you're not going to know you, that's not going to happen. And you're going to leave this thing knowing a lot more people than when you got there, that's for sure. Um, one other thing I want to touch on, uh, in a couple weeks as the crow flies from here in this episode, me and Boat will be heading to Coco Fest near Chicago, Illinois, uh, for a two-day event there uh, celebrating the TRSA color computer that me and you grew up with. Absolutely. That should be a lot of fun as well. So <coughs> if you're going to Coco Fest, because uh, me and Boat don't know like tons of people in the co- We know some people in the Coco community. We don't know hordes of them. We've never been to this thing before. Come over and say hi. Or say you suck. Say something. Come over and high five us. Come over and give us the, give us the business. We don't like if you love all the fight. Don't take that from me. Come over and tell me what I did wrong. We'd love to hear that. There you go, uh, Brent. What do you got left to say? Uh, real quick, I want to run down our patrons. I, in theory, I should have the actual uh, uh, ending scene up. Not next week. The week after that. But I want to definitely call out our patrons because they they help keep us going. Uh, Rolo, Mr. B, Terry Howard, Frodo NL, Laurent Garut, go ahead and complain. Kevin Bean, Mitsuyama, Oram, uh, Olaf Hope, David Terrence, Graham W. Vetke, Andy Jones, Jason Warrens, Jerry D, Dave Velociraptor, Sundown, Templar Mar, Chris Munch, uh, Petzl, Rob Flack O'Hara, Texas Foosballer, Chris Folds, Richard Smith, Pachaco, 6502, Andy Craig, Z9K9, John Dykeman, uh, Bernard Lucas, Steve Rathmussen, Retroalgy, Anthony Jarvis, and our Spirit of the Wheel, Mr. John Boat of course. Yeah, the Spirit of the Wheel contacted me, even though he's on his special trip to Canada, and he said, when is my special Spirit of the Wheel episode coming out? When did we say we're going to do that? Uh, it is going to be this month. Uh, probably not this week, but next week. Very good. Spirit of the Wheel episode. Yeah. I can't remember what was it on, Domino's or something like that? Well, you're not supposed to tell people. Oh, sorry. So, well, well done. It won't be on Domino's, that's for sure. We're out of here, everybody. Say good night to the happy people, the Brit. Oh, what do I have to work with? Good night, everybody. Happy Easter!